made a mistake. Started eating a Hershey's Kiss as we were coming back from the break. Dangerous. The no sugar in 2024 is off to a blazing start. (laughs) (laughs) I was inspired by our next guest. Uh, George Rostoya joins us. George Ryder over at Sooner Scoop. But correct me if I'm wrong, was it like up to 35 pounds you had lost right as you moved back to Oklahoma, George? Yeah, I lost, gosh, probably – over forty oh, at wow. this point, I've been I've been able to to keep it off, uh, mostly just uh, not eating out and getting my steps in plank, but uh, not eating too many Hershey Kisses. Those aren't good for you. All right, dude, I'm putting. It, you know what? Look what you, I'm putting them up. <laughs> well, I, I had my one. I'm putting them up, George. You're motivating me right now. Let's go. I don't know what it's like at the Scoop Studios, but here it's like they oh, bring this... in a basket of cupcakes. It's very tough to ignore here at the uh, <sighs> Ref Radio Studios. We just uh, we just eat we eat out a lot. Uh, let's just say we eat a lot of Midway Deli at the Scoop offices. So. Uh, you can check George's workout, Soonerscoop.com. Boy, what a cool article. Um, what, take me through the process of kind of digging into Zach Alley's past and, and getting to talk to his dad. I I got to be honest with you, wasn't even aware. Uh, I was unfamiliar with Zach Alley's dad's game until George Astoria wrote about him. But what a cool, uh, what a cool football family, huh? Yeah, no, it's um... – Interesting that, you know, he uh, was on the Clemson team in 1981 that won the national championship, was a wide receiver on that team, and has obviously been very involved with the uh, Clemson Athletic Department since then. I mean, he was really good friends with Bobby Robinson, who was the longtime athletic director there. Um, and, and he's also, I think he, he even at, at one point helped, um, you know, Clemson start their they're collective and, and NIL, and, and he's been um, somebody that's had season tickets for a long time there. So uh, very cool story. He was a, a banker at Wells Fargo for 37 years as well, was super successful in that market. He's actually the chairman of the Wells Fargo Golf Tournament, uh, the national golf tournament that takes place every single year. So uh, they're big golfers too. But, yeah, I mean, Zach definitely comes from a football background gro- growing up, going to Clemson games uh, really since the 90s. and. Uh, wanted to get his foot in the door in coaching, and obviously his dad had some connections at Clemson, but he you know, went up and introduced himself as a senior in high school to Dabo Sweeney, kind of gave his you know, five-minute elevator pitch, and, and Dabo was so impressed that you know, told him, hey, next year that you're a freshman on campus, uh, you can definitely come be a student assistant for me, and then um, everything else is, is history from there. I mean, he, he obviously uh, proved himself in his eight years at Clemson and then uh, rose quickly through the coaching ranks. What was your better sport, George, football or basketball? You were a better basketball player, right? Well, you know, I, I think I could have been a pretty good football player if I stuck with it. I played right. center, actually, uh, which is actually the, the position that Allie played um, and was just a bit undersized, but uh, broke my arm my sophomore year and was like, I think this is it for me for playing football and, and stuck ah. to basketball. I can hoop, though, Plank. I can hoop. Yeah, yeah, so, and here's why I ask. I th- Josh and I were talking about this the other day. Essentially, Zach Alley decided after his high school senior season, I'm not going to play in college. I'm just basically going to major in being a football coach. So he didn't try to play college ball, as you know, you wrote the story, I'm telling you. But if you decided, all right, my freshman year, I am just going to be, uh, I'm going to be Porter Shadow, or if it's Lon at the time, Shadow, I'm just going to learn everything I can. You think that you could – I mean, I'm just – I'm blown away that this guy has no college playing experience, right? And he basically just majored in being a coach. And the next thing you know, you look up, and he's a defensive coordinator, like 30, at a Power 5 blue blood school. I mean, is it – do you think you could have accomplished that? Josh said no. Could George Stoya have been 
like a D1 basketball coach if that had been what he decided to do his freshman year? You know, Plank, as, as much as I uh, am confident in myself, I don't think so because I think it ah. takes a special person to be able to do something like this. I mean, I, I think that, you know, Allie obviously had a, a very good knowledge of the game, not just because of his dad, but, you know, I think that he just grew up around it and he sees things differently, and that's what his dad even said. You know, I think one of the quotes in there was, you know, I, I can see the game, but uh, compared to Zach, you know, I'm in the kindergarten stage, I think ah. is what his dad said. And, you know, he used to take him to games – when he was, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, he's calling out formations and personnel and all those things. And oh, wow. so when you're able to do that at that young age, that's obviously going to help you as you get older. And then I think that his work ethic is something that stood out. Not to say that you and me don't have great work ethic, Blake, but I do think in that profession, and especially at that young age, being only 18 years old, to commit himself to really being almost a full-time assistant on the football staff, and also go to class and do everything that goes along with being a college student, I think says a lot about him uh, and his mentality. So as much as I think that I you know, maybe could do that, uh, I, I don't know if 18-year-old George would have been able to do something like that. And, I, again, I, I think it also goes back to this guy's extremely brilliant. And, and I know that some people don't want to hear this, but he does kind of remind me of a young Lincoln Riley. Some of the things that we heard about him – and the way that he saw the game at a young age, and obviously he rose quickly through the coaching ranks as well. And so I think that this is a guy that was was given a special gift when he was a kid, and he's used it to the best of his abilities. And I think he was also just ultra-motivated, ultra-competitive at a young age to succeed in this profession. That was one of the parts that struck me about your piece, too, was right off the top, the the – discussion from his dad about hey he was calling out plays when he was 13 14 years old in the stands predicting what the opponent was about to run and sure enough they'd run that play that's uh that's fascinating I guess he was a Madden whiz too uh that's kind of interesting but why why is this the right fit for right now for Oklahoma the more you've gleaned about this hire with Zach Alley sell us on why this is right for Oklahoma well I think that you know in the story too his dad talked a lot about at 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 Clemson, he was more of Brent's kind of detailed guy and his process guy because I think we all know Brent, uh, he has a lot on his plate when it, when it comes to being the CEO of a program like Oklahoma. Uh, he, he's dealing with NIL. He's dealing with Transfer Portal. He's, he's trying to fix the special teams. He's, he's helping out the offense when he can too. And then he's also trying to coach up the linebackers and recruit and everything. And I think that Something that Zach did during his time at Clemson, what I think he'll do at Oklahoma, is he was a big part of game planning, coming up with the scheme, making the call sheets, doing the, the little details that maybe uh, you know Brent has been having to do the last couple of years that maybe frees him up now to let Zach Alley kind of take that over. Because you look at Zach Alley's career, especially the last three years that he's been a defensive coordinator, he's essentially just replicated what Brent Venables does. So you bring in a guy that knows what Brent wants to do, likes to he knows how how he likes to call plays during a game he calls plays very similarly when you watch the tape and how many times they blitz and how many times they drop back and all those sorts of things and the type of coverages they run uh, and how many times they run them during the game Zach Alley does a lot of that the exact same way so you bring in a guy like that uh, that you can trust to do those kind of things I think it fits perfectly in terms they want to do and then I think he's also very innovative I mean from what I understand during his time at Clemson, he was helping uh, come up with what they were doing. I mean, he was coming up with schemes and those sorts of things. And so I think Brent trusts him to kind of help out 
uh, on that side that maybe they weren't having that previously. And so, and then I think you add in on top that he's a, a really good evaluator of talent. I mean, that was his role at Clemson was going through all the high school film that would be sent into Clemson and then picking and choosing which guys he thought were worth the value of uh, assessing further and actually recruiting. So I think that he brings all those things to the table. And again, we'll see who ends up actually calling the defense next year. I'd be surprised if it's Zach Alley. I still think Brent is going to want to do that until he's comfortable handing it off completely. But in terms of day-to-day and what he can do uh, for the program, I think he's going he's gonna to allow Brent to maybe take a step back and, and, again, be more of a CEO and a head coach to the program instead of uh, the head coach and the defensive coordinator. Yeah, which I, I think is something that Brent inevitably wants to do, and I think a lot of people around him realize, man, if he finds somebody – that he has confidence in rolling this defense, he, he, it could really be another level for him as a coach. I encourage everyone to check out George's article. I don't want to take up all the time George is talking about Zach Alley. Uh, there's been a lot of conversations over on, on y'all's uh, message boards at Soonerscoop.com, the Crimson Corner. You talked about it on the unofficial 40. Uh, and then immediately we see kind of a crowd-sourced funding come from the Crimson and Cream Collective yesterday, which I thought was really cool. But then in the mentions, you always have people like, why are you trying to get more money from me? And it's funny because it's that double-edged sword, right? People get mad that they're not asking for money. It's like, we can do this. And then when they ask for money, they get mad. So where do you feel like we are right now with Oklahoma's NIL efforts? And do you see it shifting or do you think it's competitive? Because I hear it's actually much more competitive than I think some people want to believe. Well, here's the thing, Plank. I think people... One, it's a lot better than people realize, um, right? I mean, I think everybody's just kind of hit the doomsday button, and that's just part of the offseason is, is these type of discussions. But let's just be honest. If Caden Green doesn't end up at Missouri and he's still at Oklahoma, I'm not even sure we're having this whole NIL discussion, right? I mean, that, that's kind of what kick-started this whole thing. Or if they go out and they land, you know, the kid from LSU, Lance Hurd, the offensive tackle, uh, and it's really one position that they haven't been able – to land some of these guys. And so it makes you wonder how much is it NIL? How much is it recruiting? How much is it that it's just a really tough position to recruit? But I do think the NIL discussion, you know, should be had with Oklahoma. I still think it's one of the best uh, NIL groups in the country. And and you look around Plank and uh, you see these teams like Old Miss and Missouri, you know, spending millions of dollars on these kids in the transfer portal that's all, that's all good and fine. Let's see what happens next year because I think that it's going to be a really interesting experiment for those two programs that have, have kind of built their rosters through the transfer portal, especially Ole Miss, who's landed some of the, the best talent in the portal. How good are they going to be next year? Because we've seen other programs do that, like at Texas A&M, and it hasn't exactly worked out. Uh, USC is another one that, that's kind of built their program the last two years through the transfer portal and hasn't really worked out. So, it's going to be an interesting experiment, but I, I can tell you that OU is doing really well in NIL. They obviously have the big money donors that um, are, are, you know, uh, donating millions and millions of dollars, but I do think the crowdfunding can be better. Um, you know, I think that they can market that a little bit better, and it, it is interesting timing that it's coming out this week. I think that's been planned for it to come out this week, but um, with everything that's been going on with the discussion, it is interesting timing, and It'll be interesting, like I said, to see how many people end up donating, what kind of money they can get in. But, um, you know, I do think LU's NIL situation is a lot better than I think a lot of people want to realize. I think you nailed it. The the Caden Green element has ramped up the concerns for that position group, right? And then all of a sudden you don't 
land a high-profile guy or two out of the transfer portal. And, and folks, for lack of a better description, they kind of freak out a little bit, right? But how well-founded are any concerns up front for Oklahoma along the offensive line? Well, I think there's definitely a concern. I think they have talent. Um, you know, I do think that there, there are talented guys. They're just inexperienced, and they don't have a ton of depth. I think they only have, you know, what, 12 guys on, on scholarship right now on the offensive line. You really want to get that number up to about 16, 17, maybe even 18 uh, to kind of have a, a three deep at, at, your, at your offensive line. And so I think that um, it's, a, it's definitely a concern in terms of that. And, but I do think guys like you look at it, Eddie Pierre-Louis, uh, Eugene Brooks, these true freshmen coming in that are coming in at the spring, those are two guys that I think could end up starting for this team next year if they compete and maybe fill that Caden Green spot where they maybe they come in partway through this season. But they also add a couple guys in the portal. Um, you know, the, the, the kid from Michigan State, I fully expect to start at right tackle. Uh, you bring in Michael Tarkin from USC, who didn't have a great year at USC, but can play, you know, left guard and left tackle. You know, was really good at Florida before he went to USC. Uh, so I wonder where he fits into the picture. You, you, you mentioned the North Texas kid, Fabici. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but I think he's really talented. He was a freshman All-American. I think he could play a guard. Uh, but it's going to be interesting, guys, because there's a scenario where, you know, four of their five offensive linemen are all transfers. Uh, other than Jacob Sexton, who I kind of have penciled in as the starter at left tackle, we'll see what ends up happening there. But, um, you know, you're talking about the four other positions all being transfer portal guys. And so, this is a really big year for, for Bill Biedenboe. He needs to, you know, bring in a nice recruiting class again next year in the 2025 class, which is loaded with talent. Uh, and then I think that he probably still needs to go out and maybe land one or two more guys in the transfer portal. I know that they've got, um, you know, the kid from Washington coming in this weekend, um, uh, Hatchet, who played, I think he started right guard for Washington this last year, obviously played in the national championship. He would be a great pickup. Uh, somebody that's played a lot of football, and he obviously has a younger brother, Landon Hatchet, um, that is a, a center, a young center that was very highly touted. So he's also in the transfer portal. So if they can bring in a couple more guys, and maybe you wait till the spring portal. Uh, people forget last year they were able to bring in a guy like D.J. Perry on the defensive line in the spring portal. Uh, maybe a couple more guys jump in then. But uh, I do think that the biggest concern for me, guys, is not so much the talent as much as it is the depth. And you guys know, um, you go a whole season, you're going to lose a couple guys on the offensive line at some point during the year, and you're going to need guys to be able to step up and play. Wee-woo is what we've uh, gone with. Fabetchi wee-woo is uh, the official North Texas media guide pronunciation. Uh, you got time for one more quick one, or you got to get? Yeah, let's do it. Um, softball. Good news, right? From Love's Field, uh, you had a chance to talk to Josie last Friday at the Regents meeting, but uh, in what – and I don't know if people have noticed, if you drive by, they're starting to put the scoreboard up, and pretty awesome. But it sounds like things are on a pretty good path, George, for Love's Field and the softball uh, home season to start as planned, right? Yeah, March 1st uh, is what Joe Castiglione said. I believe that's been the target date um, for some time now, and, and uh, they're putting seats in uh, and all that stuff. I, the, the scoreboard's going up, like you said. Um, I'm hoping we get a tour here, Plank. I'm, you might be the first one to get in there. Uh, and kind of check it all out. But uh, it would be pretty sweet to get kind of a, a behind-the-scenes tour because it's, it's going to be the best softball stadium and facility in the country. Um, it's going to be pretty sweet. So I'm looking forward to, to getting out there and seeing it. Um, I'll be covering some softball this year. And, and uh, 
they're going to have an exciting team, as we all know. I mean, uh, already preseason rate number one. I saw the Big 12 uh, list the other day and was looking at some of the names. I was like, I'm pretty sure they probably could have added even even more, a couple more names on there for, for Oklahoma. So it's going to be fun, and um, I, I'm sure that uh, OU fans are also going to uh, fill that thing out. Because as you know, Plank, I mean, uh, there just wasn't enough seats at Merida Hines Field, um, you know, and I, I think that that's part of why obviously they did this is to be able to accommodate more people, and I, I think they could build a ten thousand seat field, and, and OU fans would probably fill it up. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. I mean, I and I loved how mad people were at first because that that ticket window had closed so quickly. Uh, it's like patience. Yeah, everyone's going to get an opportunity, and they did, and they still sold out in a heartbeat. So it's really. Uh, it's really exciting, man. Well, hey, George, keep crushing it. Uh, go check his article out at Soonerscoop.com. Not like they need any help promoting it, but uh, it's really cool to get to know Zach Alley and his background. We'll have to talk again soon, man. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Stay See you, George. Warm. All right, you too, bud. George Stoya. Uh, I did get this text as we were signing off from the 806. Can you make sure from this point forward that we referred to him as Big Sexy? Now, I don't know if that is a nickname for George or if that is somebody that's listening on a delay and we were talking NWO and they wanted to make sure we got Kevin Nash's name right. We got Big Sexy. We got Hollywood. He's we dropped, got X-Pac. He's dropped 40 pounds? Yeah. That's amazing, And, and it's man. weird because he's not really a dude that needed to lose weight. No, you wouldn't think. But when you see him, it's noticeable. It's I was watching the Mississippi State thing last night whenever they were – Doing there, everything starts now. Whatever you do, every you know, they're they're. This is our hype for our team. Like Lebs looks like a different person. I mean, he had lost, I think it was sixty pounds at one point last year. And I I remember asking him about, oh, you want B- Jacob Sexton to be big sexy? I don't know. We'll have to let, let me let me check with Jacob and see how he feels about that one eight zero six. Though that would be a good nickname for George Stoya too. But Lebby had lost like 60, 80 pounds because he wanted to be a head coach. And he felt like that they didn't the, – the wildest things will be a reason why you won't get hired. Well, it's a reasonable thought that, look, there is a, a layer of presentation to it that – Absolutely. You know, look, uh, you're not supposed to get hired or fired or not hired or fired for your appearance, but – subconsciously it does probably yeah factor in and you're you're going into a locker room a weight room and you're saying you need to be giving it your all you got to be in the best shape of your life that's a good point if you're chris planking it in there you're not going to really get listened to quite a bit you and i come strolling in they're like oh gosh yeah listen to these idiots what what are these guys talking about getting what do you know about fitness not good not much right now josh not much it's been a when you get Sick. You gotta hope for like the ten pound drop from your illness. Unfortunately, mine is not. That has not been the case, and I can't run because I don't want to die. Sadly, I kept eating. And sadly, whenever I saw that I bought a box of cereal, you know, which is basically like dessert for breakfast. I mean, that box of cereal isn't going to eat itself. So it's tough. All right, we got a break. Um, it's ten twenty-two. Thanks so much to George Stoya for joining us. Now, George mentioned Garen Hatchet. He is the Washington Washington offensive lineman uh, who is making a trip to Oklahoma. Now, I want to give full credit on this because I, I know we're big in credit wars. Kudos to Brandon and the OU Insider crew. George um, obviously is over Sooner Scoop, so I don't want people fighting. 
But thanks to Brandon for like breaking that last night. And then Parker, I wanted to make sure I confirmed I got the right brother because he's got a younger brother in Landon who was actually a like an Oklahoma offer whenever he was coming out of high school. So we'll see. We'll see if Oklahoma can pull that off. But we'll give you the details on Garrett Hatchett. And uh, Josh, Saturday, I am hosting the Team 129 end of the season awards banquet that was originally scheduled for December but got moved to January due to the uh, bowl schedule. And I feel like I'm going to get intel there, say goodbye to everyone, and then on Monday – when we come back here on January 22nd. You're going to spill the tea. Well, we're going to close our portal segment. Close. That'll be the end of it. That'll be the end. I'll see. I'll try to figure out. It's like, hey, how many more are we looking? Do I need to extend this 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 segment? And we'll uh, we'll see what Coach yeah, Venables Yeah, let them says. know our great sponsor. Listen, we would like to know. Coach Venables, we do a segment every single day talking about you and your portal updates. And I didn't know. Are you done in this thing? Can we keep doing this? <laughs> How long can the show go on? Uh, I can see Coach looking at me going, get out of here. That's You're about, done. Get out. Get, get, get out of here. All right, we got a break. We'll hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And Josh, my heart is broken. Oh, no. My heart is broken. I'll tell you about it next right here on The Ref. Every so often there is a text that we get that it just it kind of kneecaps me a little bit. Usually it's 580 Nate's fault or Jesse G's fault. Yeah, that tandem. Boy, they yeah, are they're, dynamic. They're, they're, they're dynamic duo. But Sean got me pretty good here during the break. I was uh, I was reading through him. Sean writes, I'm really excited about the Zach Alley hire and what he's going to do. But it makes me curious, what exactly did Ted Roof do? It's <laughs> ah, a reasonable question. It's a fair question. Um, I will – have I given my Ted Roof uh, in memoriam as an Oklahoma Sooner yet? Did we do that? Did I do that? Yeah, you've, done, feel, okay. you've done several final monologues. Okay, I just want to make sure. But you can do another if you'd like. I love Ted Roof. I'm going to miss Ted Roof. He would, he would make things so easy for me to understand. And he wouldn't... Now, he might look at me like I'm the dumbest person on the planet when I would ask my question, but he would answer me. He's like, no, it's not. He'd answer everything. Off the air. Coach, why was this like this? Or And Gabe, by the way, would be able to put it in real football terms instead of me saying, was that guy supposed to do that? Gabe would be like, hey, on that on that third and nine, blah, 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 was, whose responsibility was the outside? And, and Coach wanted us to understand it, you know, so we could tell the story. So I'm really going to miss him because he was he was a great communicator with us and an awesome voice. But I think we all know, I mean, Coach Venables, he called the defense and even laid out how, or at least we assume he does, right, how much time, how you can't be halfway in, which is still one of the, the best lines in this season. He's like, you know, you, you got to be all in when you're talking about being – in that role on this team. But that's pretty that's pretty funny, Sean. Well I, I loved Ted Riff, my point, more than anything. And I'm I'm gonna miss him being around, but I'm excited about Zach Alley too. And I think we all recognize that Ted Roof was sort of a defensive coordinator in maybe title only, right? right. He was more of a linebackers coach. But that was the plan. So on the the exit here, it's sort of Ted Roof is made out to be this martyr or this fall guy in a sense, but that was Brent Venable's plan. Yeah. 
So, and now the plan has changed. Now the plan is, okay, I'm going to be the CEO head yeah. coach. And Zach Alley. We think. So we're, we're told, <laughs> right. right? That's what George Stoya and others are reporting. It seems to be the plan for Oklahoma. And Zach Alley is a true defensive coordinator if you're led to believe that, in fact, Ted Roof was not. Agreed. Agreed. So uh, we'll, we'll get to more of your text. But, Josh, uh, I, I, need, I need my – computer for my, my sad music bed here to kind of get me in the mood to have a conversation about something that's gone away I, I got some music playing right right here if you don't mind it's uh would you like me to toss it up please do you happen to see the OU daily story yesterday I retweeted I it on did. my timeline yes Friday today okay R.I.P. Penny Hill Penny Hill is closing its doors, but it didn't give us a heads up. It's doing it today. I, I can't get there. <laughs> I can't get there today. What do we? I have to have my final meal at Penny Hill. Can I float him for the weekend? What would it cost to keep it open until like Tuesday? Josh, Penny Hill was the place that I would suggest to everyone. I'd say check out Campus Corner, Connell's Hideaway. You'd love it. But, but. Are they, like, relocating or anything? They're, They're just done. done? They're done. I guess he's going to put he or she or whomever on the restaurant. I just read the story, so and I wasn't – I apologize. It's I a wasn't great real, family. real familiar with them, but they seem like an awesome group that's invested in Norma, but they have the land runs, right? I see. That's right. So they said they're even going to move their Tuesday night bingo to land runs, which, again, which again, I'm, I'm not – I'm not one of those people that – we came to Norman at an age where I was allowed to go play Tuesday night bingo. Yeah, but <laughs> not really your crowd. That's true. I, well, let me, let me just clarify. My crowd, but not, not the crowd so, you were. Not something I'm allowed to be around. <laughs> Correct. Those yeah. are my people. When I see them at Tuesday night bingo, I'm like, oh. But I'm not there. And trivia nights they did all these. But for me. It was just, it's one of my favorite places in Norman, man. Great place to have a couple of drinks and oh. watch a game. Oh. Or just dinner. Just did. So, uh, and it's kind of funny that this happened too, Josh, because I was, uh, my, my buddy Mike Stewart and I, that's where we would go more often for lunch whenever we would have lunch. Raider Mike? Uh, Pastor Mike, right? Well, that's. Well, he's a Cowboy Ranger Mike. So that's where I'd run into Raider Mike. Oh, really? One that's of the right. Haunts. Yeah. We were just talking about this on Wednesday night. I literally that you needed to get over there I'm together. Like, we got to go eat. Oh no! We now it's over. Penny Hill. It's over. And I turned it's to my buddy Tre back. Trevor Anderson can attest to this. He was in line with us. I'm like, Trevor, have you been to Penny Hill? It's on. now. I have a couple. Pro well, it's closing, so I don't. You know, I did have one problem with Penny Hill. This was my only problem that I ever. Oh had. no! You're gonna say goodbye so romantically, and then you're just well. Just I just I want to make this very clear. They changed their French fries. And as somebody who, when they take that risk of eating fries, their original fries were, and then something happened. Some, something changed. Along the way. Well, I don't know. Still loved it, though. Still loved it. I thought their wings were incredible. Their wings were great. Yeah, they, pretty much anything was pretty good. So beyond the fry change, this is a very sad day for your boy. Mm. That When my dad... Came in town. My dad's been to Norman. I moved. I, I was wrong. I didn't move down the same year as Audra. I moved down the year before. So I was here in 15. My dad's been about yearly. That's where I always take him. And he wants to go. He went, He's like, let's go to that Penny Hill place. He's got cheap beers. My he dad's, does. A, my dad's a big, uh, likes his uh, Miller Lite draws. Now it's Michelob Ultra draws that he has. 
But we would Gotta go. Got to get a Mickey. And they would have the the golden tea. So you play the golden tea. My daughter loved it. Always had the channel that was like on the Chive channel. So you're seeing all the bloopers. <laughs> I'm, I was legit. When I saw that in my timeline, I texted right away to Mike. And my first response was, no! You know that meme with Michael... Um, Scott. Michael Scott was like, no, 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 no. I will not allow this to happen. I will not allow. Oh, I just knocked my. I will not allow this. Now, there have been some that have pointed out that that location has been a little bit of a tough but location. But it seems like their business is always pretty good. They definitely did better, it seems like, than the Texadelphia before. and Right. So. I don't know. I just wanted to say, y'all, can you guys. Stay up until maybe Monday, but it's it's probably not as fruitful for them as obviously the land run. Well, or, uh, right, and, and, and I, I'll tell you what, that is that was a brilliant move by them to move that land run over there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That location that it's at right now, that's a pretty cool area, and it's always backed up with traffic. You tell me about it. Oh, do you got to go by there a lot? I live over there. Oh, that's right. Duh. So, R.I.P. to a good friend. If you get a chance, do what I'm not going to get to do today. Go say goodbye to Penny Hill. Maybe you have yourself the buffalo chicken quesadilla. Maybe you have the wings as an appetizer. You know what was a go-to for the Plank family when we went? My daughter, my nine-year-old, she would eat those like pretzel bite things that were on the appetizer menu. Reed, Reed, if you're listening, we have to go get our pretzels before it's done. So good. So it's a sad day for me. I don't know if I will be able to have my charge heard and get it to stay open. Yeah, it's just bad. like tomorrow. Why don't you wait till tomorrow to close the doors? And when restaurants close, here's my my next <laughs> here's my next complaint. Can you give us a little heads up? Like twenty four hours is not enough. They pulled the Josh Helmer routine. That's that's my dream. Is someday it's just. You're gone. Right. Hey, today's my last day. See ya. See you guys. Right? <laughs> it's like, well, wait a second. Why did you not tell us before? They totally Irish goodbyed us. They did. They Irish <laughs> exited the Norman food scene. But I just, I did want to say, uh, I'm sad. That was a great restaurant. Every time I went there, I had great service. There were good people. Um, But like I said, I don't know the inner workings. I don't know the, the money people. I don't know those behind it. But Aram, what's what's next? Where, where are you going? Was that man? where you guys would hang? Was he the bartender, or was he the? He's, uh, I think, uh, the son of the owner. Oh, is he really? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what he's doing. Can we call him and see if he can stay open until Monday? <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll put in some phone can, calls. Can you can you see if you can get staffed up on Monday? <laughs> what's it going to cost? I'll ask Casey if we can take the show there on Monday, <laughs> and we'll just sit there. And what do you do? Like, how does that work out? Can, can I can, can we I have just the throw go- a final party for right. us? Can I have the golden tea machine? Like where does it, um, where does it go? Like I'll take it. I wonder what's going to happen to that location. Do you know what I? Somebody's going to take it so over. I think. I think a Penny Hill would work there. So obviously I was incorrect, but I've always wanted to buy that location, just to have it, and so restaurants haven't worked right. Bars haven't worked. I guess. I mean, I. I would. I want to put like it. It was working, but I, pro- I guess it didn't. I want to put a dessert store there. I want to put a like an ice cream place, and you know where you have all kinds of different kids can go out on your way home from the game for baseball, softball. Hey, let's go buy Chris's. 
I don't think Chris's creamery would go over it very well, but Chris's ice cream stand, the plank stand, whatever. But yeah, that's what I think. That's what I would do. Especially with that press and plow down the street that I think the Egyptian pyramids were built quicker than that thing's been built. Bro, aren't we on like four years now building that thing? <laughs> Have they been working that long at it? Well, because I just found out about it a couple. Did of months you really? Ago, so well, I, you you got to drive by it, right? I mean, it's it's on Lindsay. Hey, I if I can avoid, I avoid. So I used to live on Chautauqua. No, 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 no. What am I saying? Um, Barry. Uh, no, no. What's oh son of a b? I can't believe it's the street that I park on every time I go to know you football game, um, and. Because that's where Switzer's liquor store used to be, right? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And I would always drive by, and I'm like, oh, very Switzer's liquor store. And then one time I talked to him, I'm like, hey, coach, what is that land? I'm like, are you? is that liquor store still just going to be there? And he's like, no, he's like, there's going to be something else coming. Press and plow. Looks awesome. Looks awesome. But I will say uh, I'm very sad today. In memoriam. I've spent 10 minutes talking about how sad I am over – Penny Hill closing, so I apologize. Let's get back to sports. What a Reuben it was. Uh, but Okay, if you could have but one more meal from Penny Hill, would it be the Reuben? I'd have to see the menu, I think. Hold on, hold on. I would too. And they changed the menu up a little bit one time, and I was like, Ugh. I'm definitely opening with, the, opening with the pretzel bites. Pretzel bites, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Um Oh gosh, their happy hour was great too. I, I you know what? I can't even look at this menu right now. It just makes <laughs> it's gonna me make sadder. me sad. Makes me so sad. You guys, you had an awesome, awesome restaurant. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm sad that it is closing. I'm sad. I now must find that new joint, that new joint to take the family to. Because I mean, I got to take them to O'Connell's, right? Got to, got to take them to O'Connell's. Um, but this was right. This was one a. Yeah, I'm glad you guys agree with what I'm not going to call my ice cream store. All right, we got a break. We got a break. When we come back, the best of the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line right here on The Ref. Is this factual? Like it's closed, closed now? Sounds like it. Somebody said that they dropped no. by and nobody there. But is it open yet? No. Well, it is 1046 in the morning. I mean, let's remember that as well, too. I think they're still open today, aren't uh, they? Someone, someone texted and they're like, I just drove by Penny Hill. Not a car in the lot. Already gone. Well, Brad, I, it is like 1030 in the morning. I do I like the field reporting, though. I did. We, I like you. I'm giving you a name. You're my insider. You're my business insider. Thanks, field reporter. Um, uh, let's see. Hey, Maggie, let's not be... Dancing on people's grave. Come on, Sean. Let's celebrate one of my favorite restaurants Sean, today. Sean can comment. He was there a lot. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. He's a big Penny Hill guy. He might be right. I just... And and Mark was telling me during the break that Carol's Kitchen closed down. Did you know that? Did you ever eat there? I did not. I loved it. It was my... I, I'm a big breakfast guy. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a big anything guy. <laughs> wow. But I, I loved Carol's Kitchen. I really And, and they helped out uh, sp- those who might not be able to get jobs other places. They had special needs people that were working for them. It was really a, a cool vibe, and I hate that it closed, man. It's uh, the unfortunate reality of butts need to be in seats. And uh, Ugh, we love things right. when they're gone, but uh, don't always think to go when, <laughs> when they're there. I, I can see it right now. Plank, they're closing. But I heard if you went and ate dinner there every day for two weeks, they might stay in business. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, I got this Wednesday night thing, though, that <sighs> I'm more- busy next week. So basically, <laughs> I'm part of the problem. Uh, from the 
out of Maryland. Huh. Uh, OKC needs to bring back Crystal's Pizza. So good and so fun. Don't know. Don't know. That's a good. I never had Crystal's Pizza. Now, I had the Crystal's Burgers. And I wonder when y'all started disrespecting White Castles. Because I always, my dream was to build a White Castle across the street from the University of Tulsa. Because you got all those St. Louis snobs that go to school there. And so, you know, they buy up White Castle like crazy. Was it Harold and Kumar that ruined it for everyone? I think they might have. Great movie, though. Well, you know, what also ruins it is when you eat like 12 of them and then you can't move for two days. <laughs> that, that might be part of it as well, too. Hey, this is a, a great summer segment, by the way. It is, that we're doing in the middle of basketball season. Are you serious? Restaurants that everyone wants back from Norman. Miss R says that Carol's Kitchen has been closed for about a month. Huh. Well, I guess then. The uh, holidays. Here I am. <laughs> Part of the problem. It's like, oh, it's one of my favorite places. Bro, it's been closed since 2022. Like I said, one of my favorite places. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. You're right, Josh. Let's get back to sports here. No, 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 no. Hey, this look, is the, I, sa- the sadness. I, I can't let it go. I'm happy to play the piano all morning and reflect. Um, True Sooner. OU softball still sold out in phase two and unfortunately never made it to the people waiting in phase three. I mean, that's just the the reality of the passion and the excitement that is around this program right now, right? You just can't I, – I, A, you can't put a price on it, and B, I don't think it's going anywhere. Have you seen these freshmen and this recruiting class that's coming in? And do you think people are going to stop wanting to come play here just because they're in the SEC? No. That stadium is – and this fan base will make it a very attractive right. spot in the world of softball. I mean, right now it's the Mecca. Sorry, Lincoln. <laughs> uh, and then a quick one here from the 405. If football players become employees, does the university have to have 85 female scholarships for female sports? If women's sports and women volleyball, women's volleyball don't make money, then bye-bye some educational opportunities for females in athletics. See, that's the big counter. Right, you start paying everybody, then the it becomes, sports that don't make money, it very goodbye. much becomes. Hey, hey, hey! Listen, women's golf. This isn't personal. It's business. Listen here, women's track and field. It's not right. Listen here. I look what I. It's not just women's programs. Okay, I'm, that's the point that was brought up. All right, listen here, men's golf. Been a good run. Business. <sighs> just so I don't know sad. why I keep bringing so up golf. Sad to sorry, think about. sorry, Coach Hibble. But that might be the reality. That's a really good point. Uh, quick break. We do have to break, right? I mean, we're way up against yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, we'll get back into the portal when – we'll get back into the text line when we come back. We got portal news in the top five stories of the day. And don't forget, if you missed George Stoya, if you missed our conversation with Audrey Cohen, it will be available in the podcast of feed of your f- desire, Apple, Spotify, or even at krefs.com. Simply search – Plank Show or KREF. All right, we'll come back. Put a wrap on hour two next, right here on the Home Sooner Fans. All right, here is a good question as we go to break. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. From the 580, this is out of Ada. It seems like Texas and Georgia are getting stronger from the portal. Should we be, uh, should we be concerned that OU isn't trying to get some of these quality portal guys? We could really use the help in the O-line and D-line. I... I feel like Georgia's kind of been cleaning up. 
crushed in the portal. Well, they're they're about to get a couple of big names. So, so. you know, touche. They might be adding. They might be adding the two prime Caleb pieces. Caleb Downs is going there. right. Downs is pretty much a slam dunk there. They hired his position coach, and gosh, are they gonna? I I heard him in the the mix for your Iowa boy too, Mister Proctor. Proctor. Would not be shocking. So yeah, touche. I I'll tell you what Texas has done really well. Texas has rebuilt its wide receiver slash tight end room. As Oklahoma doing enough? Yeah, I I think so. Would we, would we like to see them get Zalen Sird? You bet. Looks like that ship has shale, uh, sailed. Looks like it. Nothing official yet. I'm never counting out Brent Venables. But in Garen Hatchett, Washington offensive lineman. I would say that's a pretty good indication. I think that's a pretty good sign that they're not tapping out. Are just saying we're good. Texas, Texas to me – where Texas is good in the trenches are the guys that they recruited and they brought in. They're, you look at their interior, I'm going to try to hustle and do this. I don't think I'm going to have time. But, I mean, there's not a lot of portal guys on the interior of that defensive line. Yeah, and, and they're replenishing skill guys yeah. out of the portal. There you go. There's not a transfer. You're like, oh, they're cleaning up there. Well, Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy were dudes that were part of the program. So was Alfred Collins, and they feel really good about the dudes that are coming in behind them. So I, yeah, it's it's been skill position there, but I I feel like that is a take that a lot of people have. What's wrong? But I mean, if if it's, George Stoya hit it on the head, Josh, you've been saying it all week long. You know, if Caden Green doesn't transfer, or if you. Knock it out of the park with two more of these higher thought of guys. I don't think anyone's too concerned right now. It's Dion Burks and everybody else. That's the problem. That's right. That's right. All right. When we come back, let's hit our top five stories of the day right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.